Seattle, Washington is one of the prettiest cities in the world. Who wouldn't want to live prettiest. there? Prettiest. That was yeah. the state of Love Seattle it. just a couple of years mm. ago. The city is on the verge of collapse. Antifa candidate. An activist on the verge of collapse. Kennedy has just won the primary election to become Seattle's next attorney general. Woo. That means she's essentially guaranteed to win the general election that's in right. November. And that's a problem <laughs> because she's crazy. Nicole Thomas Kennedy recently tweeted that, quote, property destruction is a moral imperative. Seattle-based talk show host Jason Rance is our man on the ground. Uh, I mean, actually, I tweeted that long before winning that primary. Trump is clearly president when she tweeted it. it Exactly as it was intended. Nicole Thomas Kennedy might be the most dangerous candidate running for office in the entire country. Unfortunately, Seattle, she seems to actually fit right in. So she doesn't just endorse property destruction. She actually (laughs) celebrates it. I mean, if you take a look at her campaign video, for example. It highlights a logo. People don't like things that are dangerous. Okay, symbolizes the (laughs) violent movement that created the autonomous zone chop. And I've spent some time going through. Is he accusing her of having an umbrella? This is real Seattle shit. For example, during a weekend riot, (laughs) that is a scandal. Thugs burning down a construction project for a youth jail. I actually covered it on the show. (laughs) You didn't have to say what it was for, dude. (laughs) To the heroes that set the children's jail on fire. He is so thirsty for this spot to be like a regular on the show. Right. So she says. I'm not going to prosecute misdemeanor crimes that are committed by the homeless or by people who are low income. She calls cops Nazis on Twitter, oppressors, mm-hmm. and that's why she wants to abolish yep. the police. Objectively. She believes that they target yep. marginalized communities. It's a yep. system of white supremacy. You've heard the spiel before. Love to hear the now, case made. Tweet, she actually summarizes her <laughs> Just, approach um, to yeah. the Seattle City Attorney's office. She says, progressive <laughs> prosecution alleviates the problem of injustice. In the same way, philanthropy alleviates the problem of poverty. It doesn't. Abolition, not reform. Look at Tucker's face. wants to abolish the very office <laughs> you run for. Any idea who's funding this person? <laughs> say George Soros. A lot of Seattle voters are He wanted him to her. say George Soros. So bad. We have democracy vouchers. She's able to take advantage of that. And a lot of people, unfortunately, in Seattle support her at this point. One person stands in her way. It's a moderate Republican. So we'll see if the voters decide. Wow. I, it's hard to shock me. Interested. Jason Rand, thank you so much. Laughing. Welcome back to Mechanical Freak. We're broadcasting live from the satellite downlink from the Blue Origin. <laughs> Shuttle space shuttle. Hold on. Let me try that again. No, no, no. Leave it in. Leave it in. Leave it in. From the Blue Origin space shuttle, where we're pinging Munya's New York IP, trying not to DDoS it. We are joined by Brian. Hi, Munya. And Greg. Hey. And unfortunately, Cassidy and Colin cannot make it today. They unfortunately were on that rocket and <laughs> may there be in our thoughts. They went too close to the sun, quite literally, and died. I just realized it's all Scorpios today, though, so... This is the Scorp trifecta. Um, <laughs> on this full moon tonight. Yeah, on this full moon. I think that <laughs> that's why Cassidy actually is as good as mine as to the significance of that, but... Uh, we, we don't really know, um, but... If that means something to you, you can turn this off now. We're going to be just like, this is going to be a very unhinged episode. So, you know, if you like chaos, stay on. If you don't, if you're normal, then get off. You know, it's not our not our deal. We just do us and have fun with it. Speaking of getting off, I really enjoyed watching that clip of Tucker Carlson and Jason Rance just now. Yeah, I mean, it's mean, not much to say uh, about it necessarily other than somebody on Twitter once said that Tucker Carlson just looks like a golden retriever, like looking out a window. 100% <laughs> yeah. true. Like, and he has this face where whenever like someone says anything, he he, he like has his like mouth half a jar. And then whenever yeah. he says anything, he does that little <laughs> eyebrow thing like, huh? Oh, hmm? <laughs> it's, it's such a weird bit that he does. It's it's amazing that this is the most popular show on like cable news. But also Jason Rance, I always forget what he looks like. He just looks like a little <laughs> he has a face for radio. Let's just say this yeah. is like a toad. It's amazing. He, looks like he has like a L- literally looks exactly like Eddie Munster. 
He's a little. <laughs> he's a little. Well, that's, that's Colin's uh, long time observation. Is that he is literally a little wolf boy, uh, with the, the widow's peak and everything. Basically, I think like the the only the thing to take away from it. I mean, it's funny to hear them talk about uh, Nicole Thomas Kennedy, and you know, basically just straightforwardly lay out the case for abolition. You know, they're not trying to make it, but they're laying out the basic you know, some basically based things that we all believe. Um, that's always funny to hear conservatives do. I think the real interesting thing, though, is like that they're not that the the grist that the media figures see in this, the big national one and our local equivalent together on the same screen there. The the grist that they see here out of this is to further they see it in the same terms as they saw the chop which gets mentioned in this right which is more evidence of seattle being this kooky out of control like wait antifa wasteland they don't they weren't really playing this as like a way to get an odd you know try to get an audience engaged in this that race or anything like to maybe pitch money at ann davison her name was not mentioned something that was predicted on this show actually all of this is predicted on this show that this would be a national story this race and that ann davison's name would not be mentioned in the coverage um <laughs> it he rance did say she was you know a moderate republican but basically that basically with a shrug like yeah probably doesn't have a chance so don't bother uh don't getting even, invested yeah. in that yeah. <laughs> basically yeah. they were saying you know if you were trying to if you were doing the pol- if you you were using your media purse to do political work, it would be to say this this crazy woman is way out of step with the people people of Seattle. Like this is like real fringe shit that no one believes in, and she doesn't have a chance. And people are going to stand up. That's not what they're doing. They're using it to uh, to just further sort of cement the notion that Seattle is this you know out of control socialist hellhole. That, you know, and the place you live could could yeah. go like Seattle any day. They're right about that part. Every other city in America is going to be just like Seattle sooner or later. Um, you know, their analysis of the politics is obviously kind of flawed, but um, I wouldn't take this as any indication on the election itself. They're playing this as like it's a good chance she's going to get elected, basically saying this candidate is very popular because of the things she's saying. Um, I wouldn't take their word for it, uh, but it is still fun to see and interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's a good point to mention this is for Peoria, not for Seattle. Yeah. Right. This is for everybody in the imagined hinterland. Oh, it's uh, for fucking Bellevue. It's for Facebook dads, which is, you Rant's, know, it, it's for Rant's audience. You know, it's for fucking Issaquah and. Yeah. Uh, yeah which if you follow uh, Seattle topics on any social media you'll know the number one poster on anything seattle is people who don't live in seattle and usually not even the suburbs they usually are like people in like ohio who are mad about uh, a thing they heard (laughs) you know on that too it's funny that tucker carlson i found it really funny that at the start of that video he was he praised Seattle as this like beautiful city just mm-hmm. two years ago. It was really beautiful as if like <laughs> Seattle was, is dying. Like didn't come yeah. out in like, you know, 2018, I think yeah. like, 2018 or 2019. Uh, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean that, that was around that time. Um, I'm sure they did not have nice things to say about Seattle then too, but the whole funny narrative of just like Seattle being so great, such a wonderful utopia and then it all is going to shit now you know like i mean mm. like that's like that we're probably going to hear that in 2024 saying oh yeah in 2021 it was great <laughs> and now oh, yeah. it's, it's going to shit and it's just like it, the it's funny that seattle has become this national lightning rod of antifa um and of just like the left or the like crazy socialist like hellhole as they once said um I, but it also shows that, you know, the reason why Seattle might be that way is because we actually have candidates and electeds who are saying this stuff. And one thing I'm realizing living in a different 
uh, city <laughs> is that not all cities are like that. Uh, there's not even the idea of those people out there. So Moonia you know. was was the grass not greener? <laughs> well, no, I mean, New York has like, I think the most socialists elected. Yeah. But I'm yeah. just saying like, you know, around that. Oh, around I, that forgot, I forgot. New York. Number one. Number one. Number one greatest baby. city in the world, baby. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, it is, you know, because we have, I mean, it's so funny. Uh, the Seattle Socialist City Council is because we have literally one socialist on the, on the city council. Uh, but the NTK thing, I mean, this is a real thing that is uh, that definitely could happen. Uh, I think we should point out that NTK is still accepting democracy vouchers. So if you are and, holding on to some. And NTK is um, also trailing in the polls right now, by the way. So, I mean, this is not a given. Yeah. It's uh, the majority of voters um, who were polled do not know who to vote for. But in terms of people who do know, and Davison has a lead over NTK right now. And it's just one poll, but it's uh, I think it was a cross cut poll. So, yeah. Um, you know, this is going to be one at the doors and that means it's volunteer and democracy voucher support. Yeah. So go knock on some doors, yell at your neighbors, steal your parents' ballots, all the things that we advocate on this show, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, uh, get it in for NTK. I mean, just think of how funny it will be uh, when she gets elected. <laughs> just the national freak out. The content that we <laughs> will give to you. Seriously. Exactly. I mean, it's a fascinating thing on many levels. Like I, we know, like uh, we're not going to have, it's not going to achieve uh, police abolition or uh, spark the revolution, but it is going to be funny. It is going to be a real test of like, I think this level of rhetoric from her is very new um, to get this close to someone with that level of abolitionist rhetoric, getting this close to this type of elected office is novel, but like, seeing how that office runs and like what the political implications for the, of that are, what the, you know, what the reality is of how, uh, this sort of rhetoric come, you know, comes to life in execution of policy like that. That's, that's going to be a major learning experience for everyone. And I would like to see that happen. So yeah, get out there. Also, if you're a new listener, uh, in the last like month or two, uh, we haven't even mentioned, you know, we had, Nicole Thomas Kennedy on the show for a, a very in-depth interview. So we should link to that in this episode's notes and uh, check that out. If you're, if you didn't tune into that before, it's a pretty, uh, pretty interesting yeah. episode. Yeah. So don't take it for granted. Uh, let's make this happen. And yeah, definitely listen to that interview. It was really cool. Um, <laughs> I haven't really yeah. heard an elected like talk to talk to us, but really like to anyone in an interview like that, I really felt like Nicole was just like the fourth mic or something or the fifth mic mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or sixth mic. I forget if we were all on or not, but <laughs> um, yeah, well, spe- <laughs> speaking of uh, learning experiences, um, we are going to go back to school to Newburgh specifically <laughs> yeah, uh, can I maybe read this uh, note from the Newburgh uh, School District to uh, parents in the local area? Yes, yes, please do. So they sent this note out. Uh, just this is you somewhere know, in Oregon, right? Yeah, that's Newburgh, Oregon, and it's uh, and who cares where that is in Oregon? Because uh, I mean, let's be serious. Outside of Portland, who gives a shit, right? But uh, <laughs> that's just between us guys, right? We're not going to put that out on the show, so cut that out. Um, they sent out this this notification to residents in the district. I just let them know how things are going at school. You know, kids are going back, everything like that. Last Friday, one of our employees reported for work in blackface. Oh, all right. <laughs> I, I like it's very woke capitalized blackface. Yeah, I was saying it's a little woke of the, the capitalized. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, you know, lowercase b implies <laughs> it's just it's just a color. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Maybe is that like legitimizing the blackface or like are they saying like this person is like black if they capitalize the B at this point? I, I think that uh, you know, look, uh for for old for older people, this is confusing, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's where we're going with this. So the employee was removed from the location and HR has placed the employee on administrative leave. The administration of Newburgh Public Schools condemns all expressions of racism. But and they could just have left it there, but I like that they go on. 
it is important to remember how blackface has been used to misrepresent black communities and do harm. Which I like. Oh, I like, don't remember. Please, please remind yeah, me. This is a teaching experience. Just in case you think that, uh, <laughs> just in case you just like like uh, Bing Crosby, you just like those old minstrel shows. We <laughs> <laughs> forgot that there might be something problematic. This is, this is the new awareness campaign. We're raising awareness on blackface. <laughs> we acknowledge. It's as if they wrote this for like people in Australia. We yeah. acknowledge. <laughs> <laughs> we acknowledge the violence this represents and the trauma it evokes, regardless of intention. Anyway, we're going to uh, detail this in another paragraph uh, after we just acknowledge that it evokes yeah. trauma. <laughs> Again, could have could have stopped there, but they kept going. Each incident report is always taken seriously as we diligently follow our policies to investigate and take appropriate action. I like I want to know what the investigation or are they hold it up like paint swatches to her face or like what, what is like what well, investigation they're holding is brown paper bag they're hold, doing the brown <laughs> yeah, paper yeah. bag like, test look it would be one thing if you'd showed up in light-skinned blackface <laughs> yeah. Yeah. if they were if they were licking their lips and uh you know like raising their eyebrows you know, doing like uh, we haven't and, and, and then they'll and then they'll tweet like light skins be like <laughs> no but she came you know full you know i'm picturing now you know the severity of this you know full shoe polish and like, like justin uh, trudeau shit by the yeah, way congratulations yeah, yeah, king exactly. on another election i know that's him. another such an awesome thing is another photo <laughs> i love that from all these his many instances of blackface there's many many there's a whole photo album Dude, for each of them and you it. can just he like it. it's his that, it was his party trick like but, it was his thing a new picture just dropped. I mean, so <laughs> so basically, they go on to talk about bullying or whatever. Every time election is like yeah, all, a new picture drops. That, just a new picture drops. No, the best part about this new picture is that like in the background, there's just people in suits. So it wasn't even a costume party. <laughs> Motherfucker just like showed up in like this minstrel, like Indian, like racist uh, outfit with shoe polish on his face. And it's just like, damn, right. it's like. It wasn't a costume party. <laughs> He was like he just, doing a minstrel show. Like yeah. it, he wasn't coming. It wasn't like the brief wasn't like everyone come as your uh, your favorite comic book character. And he's just been like a, a big childhood fan of Black Panther and just got confused about like what's OK is like, no, it was a gala event and he was the entertainment. And yeah, the yeah, entertainment right. was a minstrel show. Just the actual story is. A teacher who was upset about the vaccine mandate showed up dressed in fucking blackface. And when they asked, what the fuck are you doing? You're not the prime minister of Canada. You can't do this. <laughs> Their response, apparently, was that they were dressing up as Rosa Parks to show these the the. the, the you know, visualize and demonstrate the struggle of oh, the anti-vax cause. God. Oh, my God. And I on one. And on one level, I feel very bad for this. One of the few times I'll ever say I feel bad for the school administration. I do feel bad for because what are you doing? Like some insane, literally so insane person. <laughs> That's like an actual crazy yeah. person. <laughs> I mean, what do you even say to him? <laughs> just go home. That's all you can what say. I love Get about the fuck it out of like, here. If you were, if you just were out of touch with the culture war. You might think of you could take that as being like, oh, well, what that might show is to this person that like Rosa Parks is a real hero who represents like the nobility of struggle as a as like that, like, you know, one little old lady can do against an oppressive system, which is itself a misunderstanding. But skipping past that for a second, <laughs> what we know, because we are steeped in the culture war, is that, in fact, the motivation here from this insane anti-vax person was almost certainly more rooted in like owning the libs on like hypocrisy charges, yeah. right? Being like, oh, look, I'm I'm just like your hero of Rosa Parks, <laughs> who this person probably actually has contempt for. You know, well, I, I imagine in their mind, they're like all in there because they're like, I'm going to. uh I'm going to bring forth the image of Rosa Parks and they'll and have by to wearing this solemnly nod at me and go. Yep, yes. Yeah. You got this, us. Fuck. This, this literally, the is literally have been owned. You got us. Rosa Parks. Logic. 
Yeah. You proved yeah. my point. Yeah. They'd exactly. be, they'd be like, they're going to have to roll out the fucking red carpet for me because doing anything else would be asking me to sit at the back of the bus. And, yeah. and that's, she's at home fuming now going, God damn, these, these, these libs, they made me sit at the back of the bus. Don't they see how, uh, horrible they are i mean you got it. it's beautiful it's beautiful they're writing inspirational instagram memes right now that just says you know <laughs> the shoot by shoe polish is my armor you know <laughs> like, <laughs> like they literally thought this was a gotcha that wouldn't just like instead of like a normal brain where the very act of me doing this like nobody's even gonna hear me they're just gonna be pushing me so hard away from them <laughs> but like it's incredible uh, just incredible uh, story out of oregon uh keep doing it down there guys well let's drive back up to washington new urbanist policy just dropped yeah what we can get behind this is from our good old camo by jonathan (laughs) cole yeah our affiliate camo yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mechanical freak affiliate, Como News. Yeah. <laughs> we are under Como News, if you didn't know. They're trying to diversify opinions on their Sinclair broadcast. So, mm-hmm. you know, we appreciate their support. <laughs> the article is titled, Park Double Decker RV Stirs Anger, Frustration in Seattle's Ballard Neighborhood. Seattle is currently experiencing a building boom with new high rises going up throughout the city. But a parked RV in Seattle's Ballard neighborhood that has added a makeshift second story has shocked people like Alex Hardy, who <laughs> who live or work in the area. Look, like I said, I mean, I uh, I am delighted. I can say a little bit shocked, but you know, after our feud with the urbanists over bike lanes. They didn't have to reach out to us like this. <laughs> they didn't have to create a project that they knew we would think is the best project in Seattle Dude. that we support fullheartedly. Yeah, this and I just is the really urbanists <laughs> doing blackface for our benefit, but it worked. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's the same thing. They thought yeah. they were going to catch us in a hypocrisy. No. Mm-hmm. We are Applause. all, we're in favor of this. Like, this we is awesome. This. Yeah. And, and we love us so much. Kill all the RVs. Yeah, no, let me just like paint the picture here because they include a picture. So it's this RV that has like this like uh, it's like it looks like it's from the 70s just based on the classic 1970s Winnebago. This isn't just Winnebago RV. Thank you. you. As featured in the movie Spaceballs for uh, our listeners. It literally is like the one from Spaceballs RV. No, that's crazy. Okay, so. On top of the Spaceballs RV, they have these like plywood that just like is on a box that I think has like the same dimensions as the RV. So they basically like built the same RV out of plywood, nailed it together and put it on top with a black tarp over for the roof. (laughs) <laughs> basically yeah. creating second effectively story. creating a second story of the rv yeah these are like the framed out walls it rocks and the thing <laughs> is you know uh for a long time it was the homeowner's dream to add you know to build a second floor addition onto your house and i i mean what's the problem here they're just living out the american dream well, but let's you know, hear more from como well, you know, first of all, I want to stick to this picture first because okay, what Como never mentions in the story, what I notice immediately from picture here is right in front of the double-decker RV are two large fiberglass pontoons from a trimaran that I assume <laughs> mean they intend to make this a, a convertible amphibious uh, vehicle as well. Okay? <laughs> fucking rules, man. <laughs> It's so amazing. Like, I'm like losing my shit just looking the side. at the <laughs> And then you're going to have, you know, an amphibious vehicle. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, this rocks. We were constantly telling people they should move to the sea. And this is uh, somebody embracing freak thought. <laughs> Over the weekend, they put up walls, said Hardy, referencing the vehicle on 8th Avenue Northwest that has. It's insane. Hold on one second. (laughs) Do they literally just forget to like finish that sentence? Yeah, they just, just, they just, (laughs) yeah. 
I mean, like, there's even a space before the period. Oh my god! Like they just forgot to fill in that last bit. They're like, uh, we'll we'll put in the little the color <laughs> line right there. You know, the, the drive it home, the flavor. We'll put that in later. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. Local <laughs> residents said, "I'm afraid it will tip over and squish me like a whittle bug." <laughs> 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 it is in the in the actual news drop there there are they get they clearly pump some like local business owners and residents for like quotes like that like it's clearly like you know a newscaster has asked them for the fourth time are you worried it will like fall over and like hit a car and someone says like yeah, I'm very worried it will fall over and hit a car. That's the part you hear. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about that all night. <laughs> Hardy works at Camco Electric, which is parked across the street from the RV, which has added a top floor on its roof. The vehicle is parked behind Rubens Brew and Fremont Brewing Company in a high traffic area that is surrounded by several residential streets. <laughs> A Fremont Brewing owned by Sarah Nelson, who's uh, who thinks she's running against uh, Nikita Oliver. Yeah, yeah, allegedly. Position nine. How hard is it for Sarah not to make this her entire campaign? <laughs> this this two-story RV. Well, oh my god, we should get we should get Nikita signed for the RV. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, it's it's funny you mention. Um, politics coming into this brian mm. said hardy quote so pretty much the homeless have taken over both sides of the street unquote. <laughs> good good that's what i say very uh, good yeah this rv fucking rocks uh i don't want anybody to think that we're being sarcastic about this in any way this no, rv fucking, fucking rocks this, this rules it's like <laughs> fucking amazing <laughs> like literally making a so. double-decker bus like you know i Upzoning, literally upzoning one of the fastest, um, you know, uh, housing vehicles, mm -hmm. investment vehicles, and I think actual vehicles uh, around in Seattle. This is like the fastest house that uh, growing house that's in Seattle right now. Yeah. The RV and yeah, um, you know, house people, simply this is what it's going to take. Yeah, I mean, like you know, we're, we're all about density here. Well, and this city has literally told thousands of people that you have to live in your car. And this person said, well, if I got to do that, I'm going to make my car a home. And uh, that rocks. Yeah, also, when, the fucking rules. Yeah, when people talk about cities having like flavor or color or whatever dumb like words they like to use to describe it. Vibrancy. Uh, this is vibrant yeah, as fuck, dude. This is what it is. It's cool weirdos doing weird things. Uh, having just another antiseptic, uh, shitty fucking brewery <laughs> is the last thing the city needs. More up zoned rvs as yeah. far as i'm concerned this is a total aside but an, a brewery just like opened literally next to me literally some of the the, the last remaining building from the lumber yard that burned down mm -hmm. years ago is now one of the buildings in a complex of like old warehouse buildings at the end of my block that have been a, a brewery has started in uh yeah they were playing loud music i assume for their like grand opening the other day <laughs> i was like hmm, okay we'll see but um but i mean like you know this isn't you know we don't want to like make it sound like this is like some wacky hippie who's like making like you know a car covered in beads or something it is this is somebody struggling to survive and that's the yeah. reality of what uh that's going to look like in america in this city is people doing whatever the cheapest thing that is available to them to improve their living conditions that's why people are living in tents in parks that's why people are living in car cars and rvs on the streets it's pretty fucking simple people are trying to survive uh yeah. you know we just lost the fucking uh unemployment extension in this country you know two weeks ago and what do you know there hasn't been any massive surge in fucking uh, applications for jobs because that's not what the fucking problem is uh, meanwhile everyone bunch of the people you know at the bottom end uh are you know just going to be poorer from now on i myself have had an unemployment claim of course this whole time and <clears throat> though i've been working you know i i work and i get laid off and i work and i get laid off that's what i do um 
you know, I, I didn't turn down this whole last year and a half. I didn't turn down a single fucking job during COVID. I didn't get a lot. But when I did, when they came up, I took them, took every fucking job, no matter how shitty it was, uh, with work being so dried up, I was even more likely to take the, the lowest end fucking barely above minimum wage work sometimes. Um, because that's what was available. And now a year and a half later, I've, my ex- the extension on the unemployment claim ended for everybody. That's not just the additional benefits people are getting, but the the claims for everybody like were extended to where it just kept going um, when usually they only last a year. Well, that's over. So the only thing for me to do is then file another claim. And sure enough, uh, though I worked a lot, I worked basically just like 50 hours in the relevant period, basically from mid last year to mid 2021, I worked about 50 hours too little to qualify for any benefits because, you know, I was working sporadically. And so now I, though I, you know, I did my end of the bargain. I took every job I could. I, that's it. That's it. No more unemployment. And there's gonna be a lot of people who are a lot worse off than me. You know, this problem is getting worse. And we know like, People are being evicted left and right. Get used to double-decker fucking Winnebago's is all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, this used to be a uh, tradition in America where you would have uh, hovel towns, shack towns, etc. Where people just lived in, like, self-built housing. Now, yeah, the uh, rent more the rent, or the eviction, sorry, moratorium is coming to a close. It's about to get a lot worse. Um I guess uh, voting uh, blue, no matter who, doesn't really fucking matter when it comes to these things. Uh, yeah, it fucking sucks. No, they're the ones who want to who want to kick you out because uh, having that <clears throat> self built housing is bad for real estate prices. They want to have vibrant neighborhoods. No, you know? Greg, it's because the uh, wizard in the Senate, the Senate parliamentarian, said no. Mm-hmm. That job that you never heard of until uh, Democrats were in charge of the House, Senate, and Presidency. Yeah, it's weird how like the Senate parliamentarian was just nowhere to be seen from 2016 to 2020. It's weird how just like radio silent from the Senate parliamentarian on like way more aggressive policy. I don't know, man. If Obama had thought of the Senate parliamentarian move like fucking this- years ago... Would so many people have been radicalized? Would so many, would there be so many socialists today? Or would we have all gone, God damn it, you know what? I know he wants to. He wants to, but the uh, Senate parliamentarian. Yeah, you know, I know he wants to close uh, Guantanamo, but God, that goddamn Senate parliamentarian. (laughs) We'd all, that's what we'd think into this day, you know? Well, when Obama. We'd all be disaffected libs, you're right. So in, in a way, Obama is. Actually, a, a sneaker Marxist is what you're saying. <laughs> well, when Obama had a supermajority in the House and Senate for two years and did absolutely nothing, uh, the whole thing was, well, that's because he's waiting till next term because everybody knows as president, you're not allowed to do anything good for your first term. Uh, you can only do bad things. But everybody knows Biden has no second term in him, at least uh, not like living in him. So uh yeah, they got to come up with they 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 evolved. They came up with a, a better marketing strategy, which is the Senate parla- parliamentarian. Which, by the mm. way, I did. I went back to like 1960 and did a New York Times search of the word Senate parliamentarian and the and Spuds McKenzie, the Budweiser dog from the 1980s commercials. The New York Times references Spuds McKenzie more and from like 1960 to 2010. They reference Spuds McKenzie more than the Senate parliamentarian. That's how serious and important a fucking job that was, you know. Uh, but now, yeah, of course, that's why you can't do anything. It's fucking amazing. I, they literally will find any excuse. It's so fucking it's, it's funny. Unbelievable. Yeah, people and, buy it. I mean, so yeah. I guess fuck us, right? I mean, like it. it it's, I don't it think many people are buying it. To like, I don't know well, if like people are buying it, but I know that <laughs> my dad for one has bought it. And yeah, for people who want to buy it, they're gonna buy it. Just like yeah. they'll buy anything. It doesn't matter how ridiculous or absurd it is. Like even if like even if Biden just came out and said, "Hey, my hands are tied," like without even having a silent parliamentarian, just saying, "Hey, I just can't." And just implying something for what he can't do. Like people who want to buy that will just say, hey, Biden, Biden wanted to. But he said that he just couldn't at this time. Yeah. Like, no, like, I mean, like, but, but I think it's just really funny to just create this 
position out of thin air. And while basically tacitly admitting that voting, like this is an unelected position Mm. that no one knows who the fuck the Senate parliamentarian is. It's essentially degrading your own party stature and and party's power. Mm -hmm. Um, And the case to even be engaged in party politics when you have a Senate parliamentarian, which the Senate is right now controlled by the Democrats. So it's a, a parliamentarian ostensibly picked by the Democrats, but I don't know. I don't know how this position works because we never yeah, taught this. It's made up. Anytime. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, like it's essentially saying the most powerful head of state in the world cannot override this weird made up <laughs> technocratic parliamentarian rules rules freak basically well the hall monitor of the senate basically yeah the hall monitor of the senate is more is more powerful than (laughs) the head of state of the president of the united states it's just incredible because for those of us who remember the obama administration trust me they had just as many excuses of why they couldn't do anything even when they They had 60 votes in the senate and all they were not better all the excuses sucked there was no fucking like reasonable it literally was the senate parliamentarian is a new low is all i'm saying they were yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean it's like i mean it's it's like a it's a farce you know it's like like obama was tragedy this is now farce i yeah, think exactly. like that's yeah. that's kind of how exactly. you can see it they yeah, were bad perfect. excuses they were stupid then but my god the sentiment parliamentarian shit is incredible it, it's <laughs> it's supposed to appeal to the liberal like love of rules and process and it's like well what they're trying to say with this that when they trot out the sentiment parliamentarianist thing is to anyone who cares they're saying well we would do that but it's illegal to do that And because they have their heads so far up their ass that they believe that kind of bullshit and can't see that like that what government is, is about determining what is legal and what is not. That doesn't actually hold water. Well, it's just so funny because every time the Democrats are in power, right, their whole thing is trying to explain to you why voting for them was pointless because they actually can't do anything. And then when elections come around, they just sit there and throw their hands up and go, why don't people come out and vote for us? Why do It's like you spend your entire time explaining why it's pointless. Like, I don't I don't know what to tell you. You make a very strong case for it. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> my entire life, they made a case that voting for them uh, doesn't fucking matter, that everything's on rails. That it's all that it doesn't matter who's president, doesn't matter who's in the Senate, doesn't matter who's in the House. The fucking banks will always win. And it's like, and, uh, yeah, you've, this con- is, this you know is, you've convinced me, guys. 20 years yeah. on, you've convinced me. This is this is not <laughs> us saying this. This is not us <laughs> saying this frivolously of the Democrats. This is what the Democrats have been saying to us. Yeah. This is, yeah, it's not even a, a matter of opinion or that we want it to be this way or that, you know, we're trying to drive you, listener, to like, you know, not engage in electoral politics but you know if honestly i don't know what other conclusion you could come to but saying that this is the role that they play in the system right like they don't play a role to actually do anything they play a role to essentially suck in people who maybe like liberals and people who maybe have like a conscience and want to see the world be a better place but because they're agents of capital that's directly counter to what the base wants so they need to control that section in a way. And the way you control them is essentially having this hostage situation in a two party system where it's like, Oh, if you don't vote for me, then, then worse things are going to happen. So you better vote for me. Oh, if you vote for Bernie, you're actually then just voting for Republicans. You know, it's, it's, Oh, it's a literal scam. Like, and that's just Mm -hmm. how the, this doesn't have to be a scam, but that is in this current system right now. That's the role that they've decided to play as a choice to be a huckster, to be a scam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a shell game. It's three card Monty. It's whatever, you know, street scam you want to fucking say. Uh, your card is not going to be under there when you flip it over, buddy. Like you have been taken. Uh, nope. If I could throw maybe a curveball at you guys. Um So apparently a massive uh, real estate uh, speculative firm in China is currently in full collapse. And uh, the Democrats are getting ready to, I guess, later this week, next week, begin their uh, annual idiot uh, debt ceiling debate 
where they sit there and pretend oh. like there is a debt, like the national debt is a thing that you should care oh, about. Boy. And, you know, that, that the debt called. ceiling is real. Uh, what are the chances that uh, Joe Biden doesn't get to just relive Obama's first administration with a massive housing crash and a massive bank bailout? Because, <laughs> I mean, I know that this shit's collapsing in China, but uh, the U.S. managed to collapse a shit ton of the world economy uh, from from our shores. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting. And the difference between China and the U.S. is that capital controls the government in the U.S., where in China, the government still has pretty strong control over capital, despite their, Mm -hmm. you know, growing um, private sector, uh, just from actions that the Chinese Communist Party has taken on um, some big tech firms. They could flex their power pretty heavily and still kind of control their economy and, you know, save some of their stuff from collapse. But the U.S. uh, private sector has become so powerful and America is the dumbest country in the world just from inception. (laughs) Uh, Listen to Ending the Myth if you want to learn more about that Mm -hmm. every Sunday. Um, That now, I mean, we literally have a private sector where billionaires can like actually censor presidents of the United States. Like, I'm sorry, that's what happened with, with Trump. He literally just got taken off of platforms and that's fine. Now that was very funny in the context of Trump, but it's pretty damning. (laughs) And I know that that would never happen in China, right? So it it shows that the private sector has so much power that they can actually silence heads of states. I mean, well, at least in the U S they're very comfortable publicly flouting it. I mean, Seattle made no secret of the fact that Jeff Bezos literally just called the mayor and the city council and told them they couldn't do a head tax. And then the, they just all went, oh, OK, sorry. Oh, and, sure. the, and basically repealed it. You know, Damn. Uh, we, we forgot to ask Jeff. We forgot to ask Jeff. Clause. Yeah, right. But, you know, I mean. I just bring it up because, you know. In sort of capital's current state, we have we're always on the precipice of a real YOLO moment. And I bring up these two instances together because these are both things that can scare the markets, right? You know, you have this mm-hmm. real estate collapse in China combined with uh, the Democrats basically arguing, oh, shit, can't raise the debt ceiling. Because, I mean, people forget, like, Pelosi, Schumer, huge portions of the Democratic Party that make up the core of the Democratic Party are debt hawks. Like, they do oh, believe yeah. the yeah. national debt is yeah. a real thing. Like, and they do believe in balancing budgets. That's why Pelosi the fucking the fucking stupid. Yep. That's why and she's they this the head. Be- it's because she is the chief debt hawk and has been for decades now. Yeah. Everything that people laughed at Paul Ryan for believing in shit, they literally believe the exact same thing. So they are going to walk into this basically saying, oh, yeah, we're going to have to really think about, you know, tightening our belt, you know, the federal government, you know, uh, on the federal side. And that also could very potentially, uh, you know, lead to panic in the markets it won't take much because the entire american economy is built off of bullshit uh to push the whole thing over and yeah i mean we could be living in a yolo moment we'll see who knows we're not yeah, fortune we'll tellers see. and like you know? the u.s the the u.s is um you know preparing for a cold war on china they're increasing military bases and encircling them um in the recent pentagon budget I think it was $715 billion this time. Um, the first line item was about um, how the reason why they need to increase is because they need to focus um, on containing China. Uh, yeah. And because China is not really a part of the um, you know imperialist neoliberal order, right? Um, they didn't just join the U.S. as a client state of the U.S. Um, that becomes a really big threat for U.S. empire. And what happens when there's a threat on empire in the economy or a competing threat? You go to war. Um, yep. So, you know, uh, I, that that is all to say that the U.S. will use China for any causes ballet, whether that's tightening the belt domestically or militarily flexing abroad. Um, but if the economy, you know, uh, you know, contracts in China, um, you're going to hear a lot more politicians saying, well, we don't want to end up like China. You know, we got to actually, you know, get ahead of this. Right. Um, meanwhile, of course, the U S can just print as much money as it wants to and doesn't, I mean, national debt, completely bullshit. 
listeners, yeah. you probably know this, but just to be clear, the national debt isn't a non-issue. Um, it's something that Beta. is meaningless. It's meant to just give a reason to cut social services. That's all they're saying. When they talk about the national debt, they're saying, I want to cut social services. Like you could think about it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Entirely made up. And cripple any possible response to massive economic turmoil, which is yeah. the only yeah. thing that would which is stave that off yeah. or help any people living through it would be priming the pump with federal money. But yep. yeah, you know. Yeah, instead we have a, uh, you know, two political parties full of little Herbert Hoovers. But, you know, I mean, uh, it's worth mentioning that both world wars did start because imperial powers were facing crises in capitalism that they couldn't resolve any other way. Mm-hmm. And both were as, both wars were as unthinkable prior to them as, you know, the U.S. going to war with China. Uh, I think it's very arguable that uh, Germany's position in both wars, starting both wars, uh, was as stupid as the idea of the U.S. going to war with China is right now. Yep. But, uh, I guess the one yep. difference is, uh, you know, this time there will be nuclear weapons and that'll uh, end badly for the fucking world. But it's 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 but you should just laugh these things off, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, like and and what's really important to say is that, you know, the last time the U.S. was in, I guess, the most prolific Cold War with the USSR, um, Cold War is a little the name is a little misleading, although I believe it's the correct terminology to use here. Um, but you got to keep in mind that during the Cold War, there was actually a lot of different hot wars going on at the same time. The U.S. funding different rebel groups, doing regime changes, and just straight up genocide, as we saw in Indonesia, as we saw in Chile, in Vietnam, of course, right? Um, So um, a threat on China is a threat on Asia at large, too. If the U.S. is looking at a cold war on China, that implies that there's going to be a lot of proxy um, hot wars. And, you you know, when someone talks about uh, China in ways that you might gasp if they talked about like maybe, I don't know, like former African colonies. Like it's the same kind of rhetoric of their like, you know, either demonizing Chinese people or saying they're brainwashed, blah, blah, blah. All of these things are meant to essentially give liberals selective outrage. Well, it gives them permission to be the little imperialists that they always wanted to be. Right. And that's why you hear about U.S. media talking about like colonialism or imperialism in Africa, which is just (laughs) hilarious to me because that's just it's just foreign aid. That's foreign investment. You know, they're not cooing leaders and putting their own like (laughs) politicians in there. Well, the big thing is, is whatever you think about what uh, China is doing to the Uyghur population, whatever you think about what China is doing to Africa, you are out of your fucking mind if you think the U.S. is going to improve any of those situations. What is the U.S. You, going to do about that? Yeah, Why you are, is the U.S. so interested in selling you on that narrative? It's well, not. It's not. I mean, for any human, whenever you hear human rights come out of the U.S., just laugh yeah. and like plug your ears because it's yeah. complete bullshit. Well, just remember, uh, they made the lives of people in Iraq infinitely worse. They made the lives of people in Afghanistan infinitely worse. We're making the lives of people in Yemen infinitely worse. They made the lives of people in Libya infinitely worse. Like, whatever you think about what happens anywhere around the world, if you think the U.S. is the solution to that problem, you are a fucking idiot. I don't know what to tell you. You're a chump and you're a fucking (laughs) idiot. I mean, there's straight up. Holy shit. We went way off the rails. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't mean to mention Senate wizards and... uh, uh, potential collapses to to take us off track like that. <laughs> we led off saying this would be a chaos episode. Yeah, no, we did, we did, and we yeah. ended up just uh, you know, yeah, taking taking the Chinese line, which is great, um, shocking well, look- our audiences. <laughs> <laughs> so all that to say, with re- running up the new uh, Cold War, uh, China, and just the dumbest country in the world. If you are interested in learning more about why this is the dumbest country on earth and how we got into this weird American psychosis into the mind of America, how that whole phenomena came about, it did not come out of nowhere. It's actually something that was a project since the colonization of native lands. And that is what me and Brian are doing. Uh, We are having a limited series called Ending the Myth, where we... Uh, go chapter by chapter in Greg Grandin's book, The End of the Myth, 
and talk about why we are just such a weird, psychotic nation. And because both of us are, um, are us, you know us, uh, you probably were like, why would we ever listen to you guys on anything uh, that has to do with real history or um, serious matters? We agree. And we have brought on some awesome journalists, uh, esteemed authors, and experts to share their expertise with us. Um, it's a project that I'm really, really proud of. We're releasing episodes every Sunday, and uh, we encourage you to follow along too um, by reading The End of the Myth with us. Yeah, and, you know, look, my DMs are still open, but please do not DM me asking for a digital copy of the book, all right? You know, enough no, please, already. please, please don't do that. <laughs> but yes, the first episode is out. Make sure that you check it out, and uh, we hope you'll enjoy it. And we also have a new patron. Uh, shout out to Alexander Palander. Thanks, Alex. And I, you know, Alex gets to enjoy all our sweet premium Patreon content, of which there is uh, many, many episodes for you to enjoy. Alex right now is probably locked, you know, themselves in their closet, just play speakers just you know, taped to the walls blasting at their heads just mm-hmm. hundreds of hours of free content and that could That's be a you. great value for a market price of a starbucks latte you can get <laughs> so many classic episodes under the belt that really just have not seen the light of day is exclusive to you plus we have a discord for all patrons you get access to our exclusive secret awesome discord where you can discuss with fellow freaks the true freaks mm-hmm. and uh and yeah just build community it's actually been really fun the discord has been growing a lot and um i think it's a great benefit of being a patron so the, consider subscribing yeah the discord is actually where we heard about the oregon blackface scandal uh and that's because that teacher is in our discord and was telling us about <laughs> yeah it, so the teacher sure was bragging did. about it and everyone's yeah, like yeah, damn gangsta <laughs> yeah we gave full support so yeah. <laughs> so make sure you check that out uh that's our show uh good night everybody bye bye